0: Chapter 65. Santa Teresa National Park, Uruguay. Search for the greater rear. The boat left at 9.40 and we had to rush all the way from the subway station to the terminal. We were in Colonia, Uruguay, three hours later and caught a connecting bus to the capital, Montevideo, which I paid for in dollars as we didn't have any Uruguayan pesos yet. We were the last on so we had no seats left together. The guy I sat next to was also a Brit and we ended up catching a taxi to the hotel with him as well. The room we got was okay and had a TV, but was a bit expensive at $15. We went for a walk around town to get a feel for the place. There were some street vendors selling really cheap hamburgers with melted cheese and all these different sauces. I went down to the station to buy our tickets for the next day. and listened to an old blind woman on the bus who recited some poetry so beautifully, I gave her five pesos, about 10p. I never give any money to anybody, but I was so moved, even though the only word I could understand were trees. Arboles! she cried dramatically. I still can't figure out the money here. There are 25 pesos to the dollar instead of three in Argentina. Everything seems so much more expensive, because the numbers are bigger. It was five hours to our next destination, so we left early on the 7am bus. We managed to get up early and flagged down a taxi straight away to the bus station. The scenery again wasn't that spectacular, grassy fields like in Britain, although I did see a few great arrears, which would have looked a little bit out of place at home. We got dropped off at the bus station in the small town of La Coronilla. We asked the woman behind the desk about hotels. She said there was a couple down the road to the coast. We hiked down there and asked at both of the ones that were open, but the cheapest was 500 pesos, 20 dollars, a lot more than we usually spend. There wasn't much choice though, so we bit the bullet and checked in. The room was nice though, and the guy was very friendly. We found out later that he was called Manuel and there were quite a few similarities between him and his counterpart in Faulty Towers. I spent my time walking some paths nearby, and I saw the shy Rufus-capped antshrike, and also along the beach where I picked up a few new birds like grey-headed gull and yellow-billed tern. I came back at 5pm, but my girlfriend was still fast asleep. I shook her awake, and we walked down to town to buy some things for dinner. I also wanted to see if there was anywhere cheaper to stay in town, but there wasn't. There were a few more hotels, but they were all closed because it was low season. There was no TV in the room, so we went to watch it downstairs, sitting in front of the fire with the family that owned the place. They didn't have cable, and being so near the Brazilian border, they could only get Brazilian TV. We watched some cheesy dramas that really got us in the mood for going there. We had some herb tea bags, so we asked Manuel for some hot water. He brought out a whole posh tea set, and we started worrying that we'd have to pay for it. Manuel told us that we could have breakfast between 8 and 10 in the morning. I chose 8 so we could get away birding nice and early. We were treated to the most splendid breakfast of our trip so far. Tropical fruits, freshly squeezed fruit juice, toast and crackers, butter, jam, ham, cheese, and hot milk for coffee, which I didn't drink. All with mucho gusto from Manuel, who turned out not to be Uruguayan or Brazilian, but Colombian. He was working here to try and save some money to move to Barcelona, of all the places, with his girlfriend. We weren't sure if he'd ever seen Faulty Towers, or if he did, how funny he would find the fact that there was a waiter named Manuel from Barcelona in it. We walked into town and caught a bus heading towards Montevideo that should have dropped us at the park entrance, but as we looked like tourists they dropped us three kilometres short at the fort which is what the driver thought we were there to see. Still there was a nice little lake across the road and we saw some good birds that I wouldn't have wanted to miss, like the Brazilian teal with a bright red bill and green wings, and a pair of big grey plumbius ibis, honking loudly. The national parks here seemed to be run by the military for some reason, which seems very strange, but the soldier at the gate was very friendly, and what's more, it was free. There was a nice lake inside called Lago Pinha that even had a bird hide next to it. There was some nice habitat around the lake, and I saw the beautiful blue diadem tanager in one of the bushes. We sat inside the hide for a while, and I spotted lots of water birds out near the lake. There was no sign of the brightly colored saffron cowled blackbird that was my main target in Uruguay. But there were lots of other interesting birds like giant wood rails, and also some huge rodents called coipus and capybaras. We walked back to the main road and followed another track to a huge lake called Lago Negra, which looked like it had some good areas of habitat nearby, but none were accessible. Still, it had been a good day, if a little tiring. By the time we got back to the hotel, we'd walked 19 kilometres, and we were absolutely exhausted.